Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and his church, grow in faith and understanding of God's word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We finished our study in Philippians last week, but I'm going to ask you to be praying about something kind of in the next few weeks. Uh, A few weeks from now, we're going to start a series through the book of Exodus. I've been praying about this for a long time. I preached through Genesis several years ago and loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed preaching through the book of Genesis. When I finished, uh, I kind of had a desire to go right into Exodus, but I felt like I needed to get into the New Testament, maybe preach one of the Gospels, which I did. We've preached several books since then, and and as I was thinking about this fall and what was going to happen, I was just praying and asking the Lord to guide me, and I kept stepping away from Exodus because there's a lot in Exodus. There's a lot in Exodus. It's a a deep book with a lot of uh, great theology. There's so much tied in Exodus really to the rest of Scripture, and I wanted to, if I did it, do a good job with it, and I just thought, that's a lot right now. Let me set that aside. Lord, what about this book of the Bible? And I'd pray through that book, and the Lord said, no, what about Exodus? I said, Lord, you know, come on, what about this book of the Bible? And the Lord said, no, what about Exodus? So after the third book of the Bible that I really read through and prayed through, I was like, okay, I got it, Exodus it is. And so I've been reading and studying and praying through the book of Exodus. It's fascinating. I'm telling you, there's so much there we've probably never even talked about or thought about. So you pray for me as I study and prepare. I'm reading a book now called The Echoes of the Exodus, and it kind of talks about how the Exodus story is really found throughout Scripture and, and small different examples, including Jesus himself. We'll talk through that, work through that, but I'm going to encourage you, if you would, please be in prayer for me as I prepare for that. And as we go through that, the Lord just use that uh, for his honor and for his glory. Now, I'm going to talk this morning about something that oftentimes in our walk with Christ takes a back seat. We think about our growth in Christ, we think about the spiritual disciplines, and we think oftentimes about prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. There's, there's a lot of things that we do. There's a lot of things we think about. There's a lot of things that are important to us, and that should be the case. All those things are extremely important in our walk, in our growth with Christ. But the thing I want to think about this morning that oftentimes takes a back seat is fasting. Fasting oftentimes is overlooked. In fact, if I went around the room and said, how many of you have prayed? Probably every person in this room, I'm sure, have spent time in prayer in your life. Hopefully you have, right? How many have worshiped? All of us. How many have fellowshiped? All of us. How many have spent time studying our Bible? All of us. But I feel like if I went around and asked how many of you have fasted, a lot of you would probably say, I've never done that. I've never really studied it. I'm not quite sure what the scripture teaches. I'd love to learn more about it and understand it. So we're going to spend some time this morning thinking about fasting. And then when I get to the end of the sermon, I'm going to challenge you with an action. Okay? So Matthew chapter 6, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus goes up on the mountainside, preaches to the people. It's the greatest sermon ever preached, right? Jesus covers a lot of interesting topics, and kind of in this section, he talks about giving to the needy, and then prayer, and then fasting. So let's just jump right in this morning, understand that fasting is a a, a critical part of our growth and walk with Christ. Let's see what Jesus himself says about it. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 16, the words of Christ. And when you fast, do not look gloomy 
like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, you have received, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's pull some truth out of this, right? What can we learn about fasting? What can we apply to our lives? Here's the first truth I want you to see very clearly right there in the scripture. Number one, Christ calls us to fast on a regular basis. Jesus is calling us on a regular basis to fast. I want you to notice the words he says here. Now, if you have your Bible, you can look back up in chapter 6, verse 2, chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 2, when you give to the needy. In Matthew 6, 5, he says, when you pray. And then in verse 16, he says, when you fast. And in verse 17 again, when you fast. He doesn't say if you fast. I hope you caught that in there. He doesn't say, listen, if you ever get around to it or uh, it kind of gets you you excited one day or you decide at some point in the future to do this, then I want you to do it like this. He doesn't say that. He says, when you fast, right? There is an expectation as followers of Jesus that we should be fasting. That's different for every person. I'm going to talk more about this as we walk through it. It it could depend on uh, different things in your life, when and how often. But there's an expectation very simply about fasting. Let me define fasting for you. Fasting is basically where we say, I'm going to abstain from food and or drink for a period of time. So instead of eating, I'm going to fast. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to use that time instead to grow my walk with Christ. I'm going to spend that time instead of eating, maybe praying or studying God's word, or memorizing scripture, or meditating on scripture, or whatever the Lord leads you to do. But instead of eating lunch, let's say that hour that I normally take, or if you're a school teacher, those 17 minutes that you normally have to eat lunch, right? I'm going to instead spend that time with the Lord. Maybe I'm going to do it for a meal. Maybe I'm going to do it for two meals. Maybe I'm going to do it for a full 24-hour period. So maybe I'm going to eat dinner one night, and then I'm going to fast for 24 hours and not eat again to the following evening, right? That's between you and the Lord. But this is opportunity, uh, this time in our life when we say, listen, I'm not going to eat. Instead, I'm going to spend my time on the Lord. Now, here's the thing you need to understand about fasting. This is found kind of in these verses. When you fast, it's not really about you. It's not really about what other people think about you. It's instead what the Lord thinks. And Jesus kind of brings this out because he says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward, but you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Right? The idea of fasting is not, now watch, it's not so other people think you're really spiritual. Because it'd be easy for us to go, listen, uh, I hadn't eaten today, y'all, I'm fasting. <laughs> you know, I know I look tired and a little worn down. It's because I hadn't eaten in 24. I just wanted you to know I'm fasting for the Lord, growing in my faith. Right? I put it out on Facebook, fasting today, LOL, uh, tweeted it out to everybody. It's going to be on my blog middle of next week. I'm going to talk about it for a couple of days. No, 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 it's not about that. Because when we do that, it's bringing glory to ourselves, isn't it? Because what we want to happen is for other people to go, man, that Adam is so spiritual. He's fasting today. Do you know that? 
He's not eating any food today. He's fat. He, what, a, what a godly man. That's what we want people to think about us. And Jesus knows that, right? Jesus understands. Don't, don't be like those people, the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces. They look gloomy so that they can be seen by others, right? When you do this, it's in secret. Why? Because we want to bring glory to the Lord, not to ourselves. That's a very different model, very different mindset. Right, so when you fast, it's a very personal thing that you do. And Jesus says, listen, you need to be fasting on a regular basis. And when you fast, you need to do it in such a way that it's in secret. Because when you do it in secret, your father, the Bible says, who's in secret, will reward you. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us how often to do it. He doesn't tell us how long to fast. Again, that's kind of a personal decision as you pray through and think through. But the Bible is clear on some sort of a regular basis, we should be fasting. Now, let's see what else the Scripture says. Look at verse 16 again. When you fast and look gloomy like the hypocrites, they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, talking to us, Anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Watch. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus says, listen, if you do this for other people to see, if you do this to receive your own glory, then that's your reward. When the people say, oh, man, God's so godly. He's such a godly person. She's such a godly lady because she's fasting. That's your reward. When you do it in secret and nobody knows it, the Bible tells us that the Lord will reward you. So here's truth number two. Fasting combined with prayer is powerful and helps us encounter God. Fasting combined with prayer is powerful and helps us encounter God. God. You say, listen, I've, I've never really studied fasting. Uh, I don't know really what the Bible says about it. This is really the first time I've, I've kind of looked at a verse that speaks about fasting. Well, let me help you understand. This is one of many locations in Scripture that explains and talks about fasting for us. So let me just give you a few more examples to kind of help you better understand the significance and the importance and the fact that this is found throughout the Scripture. Nehemiah who you may remember the story of the Old Testament, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. The Bible says he heard, he got word that the city had been torn down, the walls had been torn down. Here's what Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 says. The words of Nehemiah, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, listen, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Not one time, not a single event, but for days I mourned and fasted and prayed. Daniel when he realized the desolation of Jerusalem and the exile for many decades, the Bible says in, Jerusalem, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, says, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Right? The New Testament church spends a lot of time in prayer and fasting. We see examples like that in Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And then in chapter 14, 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in every church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. 
We see all these examples of fasting in the Old Testament. We see these examples of fasting in the New Testament. You probably remember the story of Jesus when he began his ministry. He was baptized. Then the Bible said the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days of prayer and fasting. So time and time and time again, we see this example of prayer and fasting combined for this powerful combination. I remember when I was a kid, we, we used to do these science experiments. And, and probably every kid, maybe my age when they were a kid, did the volcano. Remember the volcano? You put, what'd you put in there? Baking soda and vinegar, right? And you know that when you mix that together, there's this cool reaction, right? We've all done that before. It just kind of bubbles up. And if you put a little red food coloring in it, it looks just like lava. It's really cool. We did that as a kid. How many kids, and maybe adults, know what elephant toothpaste is? Just a few of you? Okay, some of the younger kids. You need to go Google elephant toothpaste. You can thank me later, okay? Imagine uh, the baking soda vinegar deal uh, multiplied by a million. And so there are these people on YouTube that is taking, I think it's like, uh, hydrogen peroxide and yeast and a couple other ingredients and they put them in these massive like 100 gallon vats and dump them in the same time in a swimming pool and it just boah, it just comes up out of the pool and over into the house it's a really cool reaction they put different food colors in it and you can see it it's all over YouTube parents your, your 6 year old can show you how to do that later right and show you the video but it's really cool to watch and you see this powerful combination and reaction, right? When we think about prayer and fasting, when we mix those together, powerful things happen. It's like the Lord erupts. And we don't understand exactly why. That's what the scripture tells us to do. And the Bible tells us that when we'll do these things, when we'll trust the Lord, when we'll pray and we'll fast, we will encounter God. And listen, great things happen when we do this. One of the great examples is Moses. Right? And when we work through the book of Exodus, we'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot about Moses and what he did and what he accomplished as the Lord used him. But he basically led the children of Israel out of captivity in Egypt, out into the wilderness. They wandered for 40 years, not 40 days like Christ did. Such a neat similarity there. But while they're out in the wilderness, he goes up on Mount Sinai. I want you to listen to what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 9, retelling that story of Moses. These are the words of Moses. He says, when I went up on the mountain to receive the tablets of stone... The tablets of the covenant that the Lord had made with you. Moses says, I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. I ate no bread and drank no water. Listen, verse 11. At the end of the 40 days and 40 nights, the Lord gave me the two stone tablets, the tablets of the covenant. Right? Moses goes up on the mountain. He's seeking the Lord. He's fasting. He's praying. At the end of those 40 days, the Lord gives him the Ten Commandments. When we combine prayer and fasting, when we seek the Lord, great things happen. One, one scholar said this, in the presence of the ultimate source of holiness and in communication with him, Moses realizes a transformation of his self. He achieves a state that is beyond the ordinary range of human experience. When he's in the presence of God on the mountain, he needs no food or drink because God himself sustains him. It's a great picture of trusting in the Lord. And when we fast, when we remove food from our, our diet, from our lives for a period of time, we begin to sense the presence of the Lord. And listen, we're going to see this here in just a second. We begin to experience just a little bit of suffering and pain. Because if you skip a meal, right, you get a little hungry. And you feel a little weak. 
and you skip a second meal and you're a little more hungry and a little more weak, right? And things begin to change in your body and you begin to understand it's difficult to fast. On a small little level, we experience a tiny bit of suffering just like Jesus experienced for us, right? Now let's back to the scripture. Let's kind of let's wind this down. Uh, verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who's in heaven, who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Right? So we've seen this idea of a regular fast. We should do it on some sort of a regular basis. When we combine prayer and fasting, we see that God does great things and he rewards us. Truth number three, fasting leads to obedience and humility. Fasting leads to obedience and humility, right? Now, we, we live in a world that doesn't like, the world that tells us you shouldn't deny yourself. In fact, we, we live in a world that basically says if you want to do it, you should do it. Right? Kind of the idea of no absolute truth, no moral standards. And we all, uh, as we kind of logically probably could have done, are now seeing the ramifications of what that looks like. And when there's no absolute truth, when there's no foundation, and you just do what, whatever you want to do, it confuses things. Things get kind of out of whack, and we've seen that, right? We live in a world that says, listen, don't deny yourself. Instead, do what you want to do. If it makes you happy, do it. Right? That's opposite of what Scripture says. Because the Scripture encourages us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, follow Jesus. And we see this idea, we saw it in Philippians, especially throughout. We see this idea of a willingness to suffer for the things of, things of Christ. And so we read other verses uh, in the Scripture that talk about the same idea of denying ourselves and suffering for Jesus. Like Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. During the days of Jesus life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Listen, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Right? Fasting is this process where we deny ourselves and we engage in a little bit of suffering to understand who Christ is in our life. Wayne Grudem, a famous theologian, said this, he said, fasting is a good exercise in self-discipline. As we refrain from eating food, which we would ordinarily desire, it also strengthens our ability to refrain from sin. If we train ourselves in the small suffering of fasting willingly, we will be better able to accept our suffering for the sake of righteousness. Fasting is a continual reminder that just as we sacrifice some personal comfort to the Lord by not eating, so we must continually sacrifice all of ourselves to him. Right? Fasting leads us to this place of suffering and obedience and humility, trusting the Lord, following him. Now, I've, I've taught about this idea of fasting. That there's so much more we could say. But I want to kind of wind this down by challenging you to do something. Right? My, my hope is always when we come on a Sunday morning and hear what the Lord has to say to us through his word, that we walk out of here changed on some level with some sort of an application for our life. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do today. As you're probably aware, some of you uh, may not be. I'm sure most of you probably are. Jeremy Phillips has taken a position with the North American Mission Board. Right now, I'm happy for him. He's going to do great work at that ministry center. We've, we've partnered with that center already and are going to continue to go. In fact, we've got a trip planned here in just a few weeks to go be part of what they're doing, and we'll continue to do that. We've got to fill this position. So we've asked a group of people, our nominating team has asked a group of people to serve on this search team, 
Amy Brown, Ben Higgins, Rebecca Humphreys, Wayne Johnson, Sherman Lumpkin, Curtis Walsh. It's a great group, solid group. I'm excited to work with them and pray. And we actually met last week. And we've got one very simple focus, to hire the person the Lord calls us to hire. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a difficult challenge. Because there's a lot of people that would love to have this job. There's a lot of resumes we've already gotten. We've got to work through this. You say, what does that have to do with fasting? Here's the challenge for you. I need you, the body of Christ here, to pray and fast for this team and for this decision. I need you to spend time praying about it. I'd love for you to fast about it. Now listen, I need to kind of make this disclaimer. You need to make sure you're healthy enough to do this. Speak to your doctor, whatever you need to do. But if you feel like you're up to doing this, I would love for you to spend some time fasting about this. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter how often, that's between you and the Lord. But I'd I'd love you to take this decision and this process seriously enough that you're willing to pray and that you're willing to fast over it. And then I believe what will happen, for some of you, this may be the first time you've ever fasted. Maybe you're going to sense the presence and the power of the Lord working in your heart. Maybe you're going to begin to see and understand this combination of prayer and fasting and how it does incredible things. And maybe this will start a process for you, a habit for you, another spiritual discipline for you moving forward that fasting becomes a normal part of your life. Because God promises us throughout Scripture when we trust Him, when we seek Him, when we pray and we fast, He does great things for us. Now I'm going to give you the opportunity here in just a minute. The altar is going to be open. Our worship team is going to come out. You can come down and speak to me. You you can begin this process of praying if you want to down here. You can begin the process of praying right where you are. But I want to encourage you strongly and call our church to spend time in prayer, to spend time in fasting, and ask the Lord to do great things in our midst. Let me pray for us now. Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture that's so clear. It's not if, it's when we fast. Lord, it's not if. We pray, it's when we pray. It's not if we give to me, it's when. Lord, there's this process we see in Scripture where the Lord calls us, desires for us, expects us on a regular basis to spend time in prayer, to spend time in fasting. So I pray we would take this truth seriously. We would take this challenge seriously. Lord, you just invade our hearts with this truth. Give us the ability and the strength we need to follow you. And we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory for everything that you do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.